Archd 107.9 Life. James here with you. Hope you're having a wonderful evening. Um, I'm a little starstruck right here, right now. I've got to admit this. If anyone ever uh, keeps an eye on the Archd Instagram, they'll see me a lot wearing merchandise of a sports team called the Adelaide Rush. And right now I have the import player who is also the captain for this year from Vermont. That sounds very weird to say in Australian accent, I've got to say. Ashley Pelkey. Hi, Ashley. How are you going? I'm great. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for coming in, taking time out today to uh, to spend time with us. You've just come back from Sydney, playing the first matches of the season and walking over the Harbour Bridge. But first, tell us about the, the games. How did they go? Um, I think... I think the games went really well. I mean, we have six interstaters on our team, so so we have like a girl from Perth, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but Canterbury, is that right? Uh, that yep, Canterbury, yep, and New South Wales. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, that was the first time we were all together in the same room, and a lot of the players I got to meet for the first time, so... So literally, you're there shaking hands, hi, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm so-and-so, yep, let's exactly. go and do it. Exactly, and I mean, as, <laughs> as one of the leaders on the team that's kind of a nerve-wracking thing because they're also new and experienced with the team so for them not having met me before you get kind of nervous that you know they may not like me or not like the way that I do things so it was it was nerve-wracking but I think everything worked out really well everyone on the team was great and I think compared to what everybody's saying from last year to this year is that it's a new it's a whole new team a whole new group of girls mm. and i think our bond is going to become really strong by the end of the season. So I'm really excited for that. Um, I'm very excited about how the season's going to go. So Ashley, tell us a little bit about where you're from in the US and a little bit of the background of college hockey and what makes it kind of like so different probably to anything that we'd be aware of here in Australia. So I'm from a state called Vermont and the way I kind of describe it to people in Australia is if you were to mark Florida, um, which is the state at the southern eastern part of the United States, and you drew a line all the way up to the Canadian border, and then you hop a couple states to the right, if you're looking at the map, you're going to hit Vermont. Um, it's a small state in the New England region. It borders Canada. There's no coastal access, but it's a beautiful state. Um, it's known as the Green Mountain State. It's very country-like and rural. There's a lot of animals, probably more animals than people. It's a beautiful state. I mean, it's home and it's very different than everywhere that I've seen so far in Australia. So it's a great place. It's not, it's considered a city in Vermont, but a city in Vermont is very small compared to here. How many people would be in in your city? Oh goodness, I'm not actually sure. I want to say probably around 7,000. Okay, oh, so that's really quite small. Yeah, it's it's very, very small. Um, We kind of joke, so there's one interstate that goes through Vermont, it's Interstate um, I-89, and we joke that Vermont, or that Barrie is the place that I live, the city is, it's pretty big because there's two exits on the interstate. So we kind of joke about that. There's a South Barry exit and then there's the Barry Berlin exit. But you know you've made it when you've got two exits. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I kind of like, I, t- I talk it up a little bit. But I guess the bigger the bigger city in Vermont is called Burlington. But I live about 15 minutes from the capital, which is Montpelier, Vermont. So we're pretty central. We're basically right in the middle of Vermont. And you also go to college in Vermont and that's where you, essentially that's where you've been playing hockey for the last few years. Yeah, so I went to Castleton University, which is an hour and a half south of Barrie. And it's actually very, very close to the New York borderline. Um, It's not very close to New York City, but 
Um, it's very close to Albany, New York, about two hours. It's very similar to home. I mean, Vermont as a state is kind of pretty consistent in terms of the trees, the mountains, the interstate being small, people not being very many, but it's beautiful. I was watching this video last night preparing for today, uh, watching it's a, it's a guided tour of the Castleton Spartans. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the name of the team, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Uh, the, the arena that you guys have there. And it's kind of a little bit mind-blowing because here we were talking a bit off air and uh, like high school sport can be a fairly big deal and there can be a lot of intercol, a lot of rivalries there. But once you get to university, sport doesn't really exist. And then there's professional sport on top of that. Now, in the US, like college sport is literally almost akin to professional sport, isn't it? With the kind of facilities you have, the kind of coaching. Can you tell us a little bit about the the, the kind of uh, sort of like arena that you have? Can you give us a bit of a background about what playing hockey at, at Castleton's like? Playing hockey at Castleton has kind of been a dream come true for myself. I played public high school hockey in Vermont, which um, the talent level isn't as high as opposed to maybe a private school or a prep school. Um, so Castleton's an in-state school, which was more affordable for me. It was also the only state school in Vermont that had a hockey team. And I guess I was planning to go to university regardless um, of whether I played hockey or not, but I basically told myself, you know, I'm passionate about hockey. I love it so much. and if I could have the opportunity to play and represent my school and be a part of a team that I would be so, I would just be so proud of myself. And I did that. And I think as it goes across the board for many student athletes, they kind of use athletics as a drive to continue their education, um, especially right outside of high school. How do you mean? Um, I oh, guess, because they can compete in these really great yeah, teams. Yeah. And I mean, sports back in the u.s are like very common and i mean maybe now so they're probably diminishing a little bit but the drive to be a part of a team and like be athletic is very valued i guess you could say and when it comes to going to university being able to represent your school and continue your education i mean we have to maintain a certain gpa to be on our team at castleton and if you weren't on a sports team, then you wouldn't necessarily have to re- like remain no. at a certain GPA. So it's kind of a it's kind of a motivational drive to do well while you're there. I mean, you're spending the money, so you might as well get as much done and in there and experience as much as you can while you're there. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about your Catholic background. It's something that goes a long way back for your family. Yeah, so I was baptized when I was born at our family church. That's where my dad, who is one of six, grew up going to church and practiced his religion. It's been in my family for a very long time. My grandmother, um, we kind of joke about it, but my grandmother was stolen away from the nunnery by my grandfather because she, <laughs> whenever she, whenever they would play games when they were little, um, you know, one would dress up as a mom, one would dress up as a dad, one would be a doctor, and so on. My grandma would always be the nun. Right. So we always <laughs> joke about that. My grandfather took her from the nunnery, but yeah, I come from a Catholic background. Unfortunately, I haven't been practicing as much as I should. I was, I went through first communion and about after sixth grade, I stopped going to 
catechism, which is basically church school. I think people here should know as well that uh, confirmation in the US happens a lot later than it does here in Australia. In, in Australia, it happens when kids are quite young, still in primary oh, really? school. Yeah, in US, it's you're in the middle of high school, aren't you, pretty much? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I think it was around that time when all of my friends that I grew up with and went to catechism with, they were becoming confirmed. And I think, you know, I stopped going to church school when I was in sixth grade. So I, I don't think I was mature enough to understand what I was giving up at that point. And I think now that I've seen my friends become confirmed and I want to get married in a church someday. And I think now that I've thought about it longer, I want to I want to go back and get confirmed, okay. which is something that you can do at any point. Mm. Um, obviously, you have to go back and take the courses, which I have no problem doing. But there's been um, a few deaths in my family, and it kind of just reminded me the importance of having faith in, you know, using the Lord as your savior and understanding that things happen for a reason. And no matter what, there's always a, a bigger picture and a higher plan. And you know, you're not always going to understand the answers or why things are the way they are. And I think having my, con- like being confirmed to back me up on that. And I think it would just make my grandmother very happy as well. Um, it would just, it would mean a lot to me. And I think that's one of my goals for the near future is to become confirmed and be able to get married in a church and restore my faith. And oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant. I'm so thrilled that you're that you're you're going to make this commitment again to to the church. It'll be it'll be wonderful to welcome you back into our global community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm very excited. Now, Ashley, when I first heard your name, when it first kind of came up, I was thinking Pelkey, Pelkey. Now I do know that surname from somewhere. That really, and it's hockey related in some way. So I quickly did a Google search, and it turned it up that uh, your cousin uh, Amanda actually does play for Team USA for the Olympics for the World Championships as well. But she's not the only sort of member of your family that's deeply involved in hockey. It's something that goes into your family way back. Yeah. I mean, hockey's been part of my roots basically since I entered the world. Um, <laughs> my All my uncles played growing up. We actually took a family photo. I have, I think it's probably up around 20 um, first cousins now. So my family's very big. Wow, that's, that's pretty big, yeah. Yeah, I have a very big family um but one year we took a family photo actually on the rink um we all were wearing hockey jerseys and my grandfather wanted it so we were like okay grandpa let's do it and so he just cried the whole time he was so happy really yeah my grandfather loves hockey so he's actually passed away now but he's if he knew what his grandkids are doing today especially with hockey I don't think he would have emotionally been able to hold himself together. Wow. Yeah, so it's definitely gone back a long ways. And growing up as well, you were saying that front yards of the house were converted into these makeshift rinks. That's so cool. Yeah, so I was fortunate enough that two of my uncles, this was probably around when I was two or three years old, um, they built these ice rinks on their front lawns for their kids. So it was easy access to just get on on the ice and what we would call it is pond hockey. Obviously it's not a pond, but you would lay plastic down and you would flood your front lawn and hope that it was relatively flat. <laughs> and um, we'd slap up some boards and get some nets and we would just Oh, play. wow, so you even put boards around the outside and everything. Yeah, so we wow, had these plastic man. boards, yeah. Um, we actually use the the boards now as siding on our camp because we needed to do some repairs and we stopped doing ice hockey rinks. But it was, I mean, that's where I first started was out on the ice. 
um, in my boots because I, when I was three years old, I didn't have skates that fit me. So I would just right. run around with a little hockey stick and with crates and basically teach myself how to play hockey out wow. there. But yeah, it's definitely been part of my family for a long time. And at my godparents' house, they converted their kind of screened in deck area into a locker room for us kids so we could come in and warm up and then go back out and play for another hour because it's basically all we did when we were little in the winter and um you know obviously it, it snows a lot in vermont and yeah. in when you're skating around you're creating snow so when you have a day where you've been on the ice all afternoon and there's snow covering the ice you can barely even see the puck anymore <laughs> we had to figure out how we were going to remake the ice and my uncle actually he's very good with engineering type stuff so he he built i think he took like one of those um grass seed sprinklers kind of like it's not quite like a wheelbarrow but it's got like the handle on the front yeah so there's no motor attached to it but he managed to make this contraption that would cut the ice for us so he would pour some hot water in there fill it up in the sink and then he'd go out there and we'd shovel it and then he'd walk around and basically cut the ice for us so we could go back out. So he's made what they call like a Zamboni, which is the ice thing that they use. It comes out like a like a like a tractor almost, like Ex- this sort of weird looking tractor. Yeah, there's no engine on it, so it's all by the heel toe yeah. express is what we call it. But basically it was the best way that we could cut the ice so we could still play and actually see the puck. There is one member of your family who has gone on, uh, and that's uh, your cousin Amanda. And uh, we were having a little bit of a chat about this before, and I mean, she's been playing for Team USA. She's playing in the Olympics, I guess, uh, next year in it's China, I think, isn't it? Where it's uh, going to be South Korea. South Korea, sorry. And uh, but you were saying that you know she's twice as much of a person as she is a hockey player, which I thought was just oh, just warm my heart. Can you tell <laughs> tell a bit about what you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, Amanda, she's always been, she's two years older than I am, and so I've looked up to her my whole life. But I guess I guess when you sit down and you actually have a conversation with her, you, you see how natural her passion is for hockey and how caring she is as a person. I mean, everything that she does is to, to better the hockey world. And I think at a young age, she knew that she wanted to play for USA. And I mean, when you're, when you're about like, six years old and you know that you want to play for such an important team there's something deeper than just enjoying hockey and I think her whole life she's basically improved herself to reach her goals and she puts everyone before herself too and she's I don't know she's just an amazing person she's just so natural and she's so genuine and selfless and she does everything out of Everything is she does is just fearless. She doesn't have, like fear being turned down. She uses every negative thing that comes at her as motivation to improve or motivation to change the way the world is. And I think that's just so, it's so remarkable. And that's why I say she's, you know, she's half the hockey player. She is a person. Wow. Uh, Ashley, thank you very much for sticking around. You're only going to be around for the first little bit, but you've hung around for the whole show. So thank you very much. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Now, the games coming up, uh, we've got some coming up very shortly here at the Ice Arena playing uh, Brisbane, I believe it is. Can you tell us a little bit about the details? So we play um, Saturday and Sunday, um, November 11th and 12th. So on Saturday, we play at 4.30. And then Sunday we play at 
at 10 a.m. So it's our first home game. Um, I'm very excited for this weekend. I think having the home crowd is a huge advantage. I mean, you could see it kind of with Sydney this weekend that they fed off of the fans' energy. So the more yeah. fans that we can get, the better. I can get it. Can get pretty wild. Like you know, Rush fans are very vocal. <laughs> the crowds at the games are getting bigger and bigger. So it's 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 a great atmosphere to be there. So I'm really excited that you get to see it and you get to walk out with the with the captain C on as well in that environment too, which is you know big thrill, but probably a big uh, yeah. responsibility at the same time. But you know, someone of your wonderful playing skill and background, we're thrilled that you're here. This this, this season so thank you very much for being a part of it and thank you very much for coming on HD today thank you so much for having me we are here every Wednesday night from 9 every Saturday night from 10 stay tuned to 1079 live for more of your music and we'll see you again in a couple of days bye <laughs>